live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Jade Washaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Mia is in Massachusetts. Hi, Mia. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, thank you for having me. Sure. What's up? So about three weeks ago, I went to one of those required retirement meetings for work, and they referred me to a debt counselor due to my debt, and the debt counselor recommended bankruptcy. So I went home and spoke with my husband. We bought your book, The Total Money Makeover, read it in two days. We're fully committed. Um, We have about $1,500 already in an emergency fund, so we're trying to move on to baby step two with the debt snowball. We stopped using all our credit cards. We listed all our debts in order, and we're trying to make a budget. The budget is really hard because I have five kids, and it seems like emergencies are constantly happening. Last month, we spent over $3,000 in car repairs, and just yesterday, we had like a surprise $50 saxophone fee for my son. There's just so many unexpected fees and costs for seven people bumping around in the world. Mm. Prior to this uh, money makeover, we live really simply. We only went out to dinner like once a semester for good report cards. Early vacation this year was a four-day camping trip in a tent. So, you know, we're selling everything. We're selling so much that the kids think they're next. Um, but I'm worried that we're still going to end up with too much months and not enough money and that we won't even be able to get to the debt snowball. How, How much? much debt do you have? I have, um, let's see, 20, 34 37, with the car and not including my mortgage. And how much of that is the car? 10. Okay. And what's the other 37? Um, all credit card debt, except for 3,000 in one last kid in braces. Okay. All right. So 37, 30, $33,000 in credit card debt. And, um, so you've been covering all of this chaos and disorganization and shortages with credit cards in the past. That's where 33,000 came from. Am I right? Okay. So you made a good decision because bankruptcy really won't help you. You'll be right back here 10 months later if you don't fix this mm-hmm. on, on the core. What's your household income? 150000 between the two of us before taxes. Good. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're all right. What's your house payment? 920 a month. Oh, you're definitely you're all right. Okay. You're going to make it. All right. Here, here's what first happens okay these on it to start with saxophone payments aren't a surprise that's a known quantity Mm -hmm. that everyone knew was coming just no one is organized in this house enough to bother to tell everybody what's going on okay but Mm -hmm. i mean that that's not they they don't suddenly say this is going to happen uh so there's two opportunities but but we've got to one of the things we had to do our kids our three kids, was to train them to not bring us any surprises. They've got to tell us about everything early and often so we can get it into the budget, or they're going to not get to do it. That's what ends mm-hmm. up happening. And about the time they miss out on one thing because they, they forgot to tell us that little Georgie has a birthday party, 
well, you don't go because we don't have it in the budget to buy little Georgie a gift, and you're not going over there looking like a freeloader. So your little butt's staying at home. Next time you'll tell us about the time I did that twice, all of a sudden they became experts on planning at eight years old. <laughs> yeah. And so what's happening is, is you guys, you know, you have a chaotic life because you have a big family, everybody working, everybody's running different directions, and the chaos is showing up in the disorganization of the handling of the money, and it's costing you all of your peace and a lot of your money. Because mm-hmm. you can't, you can't, because your budget, Jade and I both did it in our head while you were telling us, mm-hmm. you're com- you're completely able to make these this work. Yeah, the good news is, you know, up until this point, you were just flying by the seat of your pants, but now you've read the book and you're like, okay, we've got to get on a budget, and now you're going to start to implement that. And you will find, you know, it's going to take a couple of months to iron that out and get it really where it's, you know, you're not going over it or busting it in certain areas that where you're really understanding, okay, this is what we spend. This is what we can spend. And in your situation, there's, you got five kids. There's going to be a lot of line items on there. And it's something that because of the size of your family, this idea of set it and forget it is not, it shouldn't work for anybody, but it's certainly not going to work for you. Exactly. You're going to have a new budget every Mm -hmm. month. And it's going to include this month has saxophone payment, next month does not, mm-hmm. um, hopefully. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, this month has a field trip, next month does not. Mm-hmm. And, and you're also going to have some miscellaneous category for just miscellaneous kid things that come up. Uh, you're all, because it's, mm-hmm. it's predictable that one of them is going to the pediatrician at least every 60 days with five yeah. of them, Okay. That's fairly predictable, whether it's uh, the flu or stitches. I don't know. But one of them is going to go get a doc bill. Am I wrong? Mm-hmm. No, you're how, right. How old are they? Um, they are 11, 13, 16. My 18-year-old just graduated high school. My 21-year-old has autism, so he's going to be okay. with us a lot longer. Well, so so it's not as, much as, not as much pediatrician as it is they eat a lot. Or f- football okay. game, basketball game, yeah. all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, you got a house full of teenagers, so mm-hmm. they eat everything in sight, yeah. and they and they're you know the hormones are pumping, so there's a lot of drama, and there's a lot of stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. going on. I mean, and and if you let all of that infect your budget, instead of you guys controlling, see the trick with budgeting is you flip it, and and it's hard, it's very difficult for the first three months, but the, you flip it and you say I'm going to make the money behave, I'm not a victim. To a lack of money i'm going to tell this money what to do and by doing that i'm going to make some choices i don't think you've been overspending i don't think you're out of control i don't think you're buying a bunch of crap you can't afford you didn't call me up with a fifty-seven thousand dollar car payment you call me up with a ten thousand dollar car payment and you make 150 but i do think you've got autism and teenagers and you got a bunch of them and so you're just in the middle of chaos and disorganization and that's eating your lunch literally it's eating your money. Yeah. And so you have got to get up above it and make all this crap calm down, line up, and behave. Yeah. And that includes some of the behaviors with the kids, but most of all, it includes uh, you guys saying, okay, this is where every dollar is going. Because if you start at the top with your household income and you stop your 401k and you're not getting a tax refund because you're not having too much with health and you don't have anything coming out of your check except taxes and you sit there and you go okay i got 150,000 bucks i got a $900 house payment i got a car payment i got food that is equal to this and there's no restaurants in that cuz i'm getting out of debt and i've got uh 
and you lay this out, you can do this. You can do this, Mia. There's room in this. It's possible. It doesn't, you don't feel powerful right now, but you've taken the first big steps away from the cliff of falling off into bankruptcy. And you're just three steps back inside. We'll help you. Okay. But uh, first thing I want to do is encourage you and tell you there is enough money here to make this work. And it's going to be hard, but you can do it. You've got the stuff. But it is a matter of taming the chaos tiger. Hang on. We're going to put you into Financial Peace University. And if you need more help, you call us back. We'll help you more. Okay? Hey, listen up. When we invest, most of us have no idea where our money is going. But the reality is your investments could be funding social and cultural causes that you would never choose to support. With Timothy Plan, you can avoid putting your hard-earned money into things you don't approve of and invest in companies that line up with your values. With Timothy Plan's pro-life, pro-family filter, you can invest with moral responsibility while going after competitive returns. So while it's still true that you can't serve God and money, you can make your money serve your values. Contact your financial advisor today to see if Timothy Plan is right for you. Visit timothyplan.com for more information. Investing includes risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objective, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at timothyplan.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual funds distributed by Timothy Partners, LTD, and ETFs distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LSE. Jade Washall, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host. Our question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Neighborly has 19 service brands nationwide and a network of local service pros. Window Genie, Ground Skies, and Mr. Handyman, just to name a few. What a great company. Visit Neighborly.com to find the available service providers near you. All right. Today's question comes from Samuel in Texas. A friend of mine got me hooked on Baby Steps and gave me a copy of your book, The Total Money Makeover. I read it. I loved it. And I'm making my way through the Baby Steps. I've paid off all my credit card debt, two cars, and have $1,000 in my emergency fund. Way to go. But I cannot get my wife on the same financial page that I'm on. She thinks we have her money and my money. She won't budget. She won't have a joint bank account with me. I feel like we are never going to achieve our financial goals or become completely debt-free if we are not on the same page. What do I do? Man, this right here, this is the this is the quandary that so many people find themselves in. It sounds like based on the question that he did this while they were still married. It wasn't like he did this ahead of time, I'm guessing. Um I don't see anything that indicates that he did it before they got married. So it sounds like he kind of just took matters into his own hands and said, look, this is the way, this is the way to freedom. I'm going to start whether you want to come with me or not. And even in the midst of that, she still doesn't want to get on board. You know, Dave, in those situations, there is something going on that's deeper than money. There's a marriage issue. There's clearly a trust issue. If somebody, a spouse doesn't want to share money or a bank account with another spouse, It's like, you don't trust me. I don't care. You do not trust me. And that is an issue. And so obviously I would suggest you got to go to counseling. Got to. And then there's the situations where the other spouse, Dave, we were talking about this this morning. There's a situation where the other spouse won't go to counseling. And it's like, what the heck do you do? She needs a vocab rehab, obviously, but you cannot force people to do things. All you can do is, 
tell them, hey, you know, this is bothering me. I think that we should be on the same page. I think that we should go to counseling. That's really all you can do and then lead by example. Yeah. All the data, this is me if I'm you talking to her. I've gotten out of debt. I've proven that this process works. I'm winning with money. And all the data says that if we want to build wealth, the probability of us doing that without working together is very low. All the millionaire statistics tell us that. And you can read Baby Steps Millionaires if you want to know that. They're in there. Okay? As we did the largest study of millionaires ever done in North America, we discovered that almost none of them do it without spousal agreement. So uh, it needs to be solved. And so, um, you know, I, I, and I think Jade's right. I think something else is going on here. So why is it that she doesn't want to combine your money? Why? She thinks you're going to control her. Mm-hmm. You've been so enthusiastic with this Ramsey stuff. You turn my name into a cuss word in your house. Uh, you're, you're, you know, you think you're being excited and fired up, and she feels like she's getting ready to lose her vote. Mm-hmm. Or she grew up in a house where she was controlled by money. One of them. Something's, something is driving her fear. Yeah. But really, the, the quality of your all's relationship is being impacted by whatever that is, and money's just a part of it. Mm-hmm. There's other things that she doesn't want to share with you, too. For some reason, you know, she doesn't feel safe. Mm-hmm. with That's this right. and uh, i'm not saying you're a bad guy i am saying you might be overly fired up and enthusiastic and you went running off with your hair on fire that's right and all she sees is smoke and so um she's like i don't want you're not coming in here you're not come over you're not bringing that crap over here and so uh, but you need to get into why it is that she doesn't trust you does she think you're you know, you've fallen for some cult or scam or something, or why is it? What, what's going on? Yeah, if he's a guy that's like always bringing home, some, and I'm not saying he is, but if he's a guy who's always bringing home some harebrained scheme, and this yeah. is another one in a series well, of... That, that's, I mean, my wife, we've been married 41 years, and occasionally she'll go, you know, I don't know if you are, but you sound like you're scheming and scamming. <laughs> and, it, it, and it activates that in her. Yeah. You know, like back in the day when we went broke, she sees a little glimmer of that portion of Dave Mm -hmm. and she don't want to deal with that guy again. Yeah. You know, and that's my wife. That's my wife talking about it. So, yeah, Uh, but it, it is not okay for this to continue the way it is. Yeah. It's not good for you. It's not good for her. It's not good for the probability of your wealth building. It's not good for your relationship because there's something under here that's boiling Mm -hmm. and it will come to the surface it will come blasting to the surface in the most inopportune way mm-hmm. and in the most horrible of circumstances, or you guys are going to draw it to the surface and heal it. Yeah. So I'm drawing it to the surface. I'm going to start with some conversations of, why don't you trust me? Mm-hmm. Why don't you trust me enough? You trust me enough to share my bed, but you don't trust me enough to share your checking account. Mm-hmm. That's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. And I got to say, if you're married, let's just say it's not his abrasive personality. If you're married, the hope is that you know enough about your spouse that even if you don't know exactly what it is, you might be able to go, I think I I think I get where this is coming from. Right. Mm-hmm. And try mm-hmm. to approach them on that level. Is it from her f- former marriage? Yeah. You know, or yeah. her dad run off with the money when she was 16 and right. left her mom high and dry. I don't know why it is. She, you know, maybe it isn't him. Maybe it's something back there that she's, but she said, I'm never going to let them get to me. Right. Whoever they are. 
and now you're they. Yeah. Well, that's got to be fixed, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he, that's got to yeah. be fixed. So yeah, if she won't go to, if she can't begin to have a good discussion about this calmly and rationally, and say what's really going on here, honey, mm-hmm. why don't you trust me? Then you need to go see a marriage counselor, and hopefully she'll come with you. But if she won't, your marriage counselor will give you more ways to talk to her because I can promise you 10 years from now, you guys won't be together if you don't solve this. And that's good, Dave. Even if she won't go, he still needs to go. He needs to go anyway because you'll get words on how to speak. You'll be, you know, what marriage counseling is, is is relationship training. That's what it is. You're going to training class on how to do relationship. And the counselor can, you know, guide you through how to work on this. And then guide you through how to deal with your own emotions on it. Because you're going to reach a point that um, you're disgusted with her lack of trust. That's right. Who wants to hang out with somebody disrespecting you all the time? Yeah, and you have to have mutual goals in a marriage. You have to have something that you're working towards together. Otherwise, it's like, okay, you will end up going in different directions, quite literally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. you're growing together or you're growing apart. There's no in-between. Sebastian is with us in Los Angeles. Hi, Sebastian. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, how are you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? So, um, I have about 150000 in student loans. Um, I just graduated, so this will be my first time, you know, tackling this debt. Holy I'm crap. What's your degree in? Are you a doctor or a lawyer? So a little bit of, uh, I'm a doctor at a PhD and, um, PhD in what, uh, oncology research and I, I'm a nurse practitioner as well. Okay, good. So you got a new gig doing this? I have a new gig making yeah. what? 250,000. Thank you, that's Jesus. Good. That's good. That's Thank good. you, Jesus. Big shovel. Ooh, good. But you in Los Angeles though. Yeah, but that's okay. Yeah. And you're single, yeah. you're single, right? I'm not. Um, I'm not single. Oh, you're married. Okay. Uh, engaged. Oh, okay. When are you getting married? So that's what I, I kind of wanted to discuss because um, I have been kind of pushing marriage back. Well, no, 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 no. You only got $150,000 in debt. You make a quarter million dollars a year. What did you make two years ago? What was your household? What was your personal income two years ago while you were in school? Huh? Uh, about 90000 Okay. So live on 80, live on 80, and pay your loans off in two years. Mm-hmm. But and don't wait to get married on student loan debt. Just go pay it off. Yeah. That's not really that's a reason. That's not a reason to not get married. Yeah. 250 minus 90 leaves 160, not counting taxes. That gets you out of debt in two years. Easy. Live on less than you used to live on. And... Um, don't be buying a bunch of crap and have an inexpensive wedding. Let's get married now. Hee-haw. And let's get these loans paid off in the next two years. That's what I would do. You can do this. You got a great income, man. Hey, guys. It's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make health care more affordable. Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's health care costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. 
Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Jade Washall, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. We're so glad you're here. Open phones at 888-825-5225. We're here to love you enough to tell you the truth about your life and your money. It's what we do. Thanks for being with us. Justin is with us in Corpus Christi. Hi, Justin. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. I'm good to talk to you. And are you still doing better than you deserve? Always better than I deserve, brother. What's up? <laughs> um, just a, little, a short backstory is after I lost my mom in just after Christmas of 21, um, her life insurance that redeemed was 400000 And after I paid the funeral and her expenses, it was enough to get me out of debt. So I finished Baby Step 3 back in about six weeks ago, actually. And honestly, Dave, um, boy, at this point, I'm, to put it bluntly, I'm scared. <laughs> I have lived my entire life broke. I was broke the day I was born because I'm, I'm the only child of a single parent. My mom, we, we lived in poverty my entire childhood. So this is unknown wars to me, if you know what I'm saying. And I don't, I don't have the income to buy a house right now, so I'm just curious. I've always seen YouTube videos that, oh, baby step 3B is put to be saved 20% for a house, but I'm 42, single, unattached, no kids, no media family. What, I don't need to buy a house right now. What, um, it's just sort of, wait a minute. You, you got 400 grand and uh, 100. Paid, I'm sorry. Uh, 100,000, 100, 100. Okay. And you paid yeah. the funeral and you paid off mm-hmm. how much debt? Uh, 48k in student loans. I paid my car off, which was another 9,000, another 20 grand in old medical and credit cards. It took me about eight months to find them all and pay them all. Mm-hmm. Okay. How much money but, have you got? How much money do you have left? Um, in my savings, I have 10,000. That's my, that's my full funded emergency fund. Okay. And everything, and you're hundred percent debt free and that's all you ended up with. Okay, good. All right. I got the picture. It was, it, I, I'd like to call it as that was the last gift mom made told me, cause I told her about you and in during 2020, I was trying to get on the path, and she said, "Yeah, that sounds great. Go for it." And if anything, this was her last gift to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was, hey, get out of debt. I'm wow. sorry. Sorry, that's the way you got it. I'm glad it worked out good for you. Um, what 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 do you do? What's your income? I'm I work as a restaurant assistant general manager. I make about thirty three. Okay. Um. So, what are your career aspirations? What are you going to do with your life, man? You're forty eight. Well, you, did you say you're forty eight? No. I'm 42. 42. Okay. So what are you going to be doing Honestly, when you're 52 that's so much more exciting and cool than what you're doing now? Oof. Truthfully, I haven't thought about that. I've been so focused on trying to be the best leader I can because I work with a lot of teenagers. I, I need to set a good example for them. Well, I wasn't and suggesting so far, you I'd abandon your job. I just asked you what you were going to become. Hopefully you become a GM. Okay. I, I like the place. I like the place I work at. I work. I like the people I work with. And okay, what does it? What like, does a GM make? I believe cause my old one just resigned. We're getting a new one next week. Um, Forty-eight. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think so. I, I, they obviously never told me my salary, but they get a base salary. They they're only, they're the only ones on salary, and then they get a bonus based on the monthly business. How much the business does each month? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Good. All right, so we got a plan. Mm-hmm. That's good. And wh- why is it you don't want to own a house? I just feel like it's a little superfluous. Super, I'm sorry, superfluous, because I don't have 
a wife or kids. I mean, it's just me. I live in a one bedroom that's within my budget. I pay six sixty nine a month plus utilities. Mm-hmm. I'm comfortable. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I've seen some of your old YouTube videos where, I mean, I, I don't want to be stagnant. I mean, I want to keep moving, but yep. honestly, I don't know the direction to move. Well, there is part of this that you're looking at the here and now, 42 years old. Right now, you're unattached. Maybe in five or 10 years, you won't be. You know, you there's this piece mm-hmm. of this puzzle that's an unknown, and you kind of have to think through that. You have to look at your future the same way Dave asked you, hey, what do you want to be doing in five years? What do you want to be doing in 10 years? You have to ask yourself mm-hmm. about your life in general. What do you want it to look like? We've seen mm-hmm. how this money that your mom left, whether it was through insurance, how it's changed your life, right? So you have the ability Mm -hmm. to do that same thing in some way, right? There's a purpose. There is still a purpose for you, regardless if you have a wife and kids, and that purpose can have financial attachments to it. But more than that, we know Mm -hmm. that homeownership is a part of building wealth. And even if you don't want to buy a home right now, I do think it's something that you should and can aspire to, um, with your income, living in Corpus Christi, I think it's still something that you can have. I just think it's something you're not used to. Like you said, you're not used to where Mm. you're at financially. Mm. And so you don't know what it looks like to really prosper in and of your own right, on your own. And so it's like, I've never seen that before. I don't, well, let's just stay where we are. I'm comfortable here mentally and in every other way. But I would challenge you to move past that and really dream beyond that because that's what you're headed for. Yeah, that's good. And Justin, on the on the logical side or the economic side, let's work through that for a second. Short-term renting is not a problem. Long-term mm-hmm. renting is a problem, and here's why it's a problem. The property that you're living in is going to go up in value in the next 10 years substantially, and the landlord is going to benefit from that, not you. So if you live in a property in Corpus Christi, let's say you bought a two-bedroom condo, okay, just similar to what you're in now, and you paid 150000 for it, okay? Let's just make that up. I just made that up, all right? Okay. Then in 10 years, that thing's worth two fifty, and and you don't you lose that hundred grand in increase in value because you didn't own it. The second thing that we know is 100% of the time over a 10-year period of time, rents go up when you buy a condo at 150 and your payment is 1100 bucks or whatever it is your payment does not go up so what you've done is the largest line item in your budget is housing and you have stabilized it into the future when you buy you're locking it in into the future when you buy by not locking it in, you're 100% guaranteed your largest line item is going to go up. I mean, you're 42. Think about when you were 32, what rent was. You know, right. I, I'm 62. Mm-hmm. My rent when I was 22 was $235 for a one-bedroom that Sharon and I moved into after we got married. I mean, that's hard to even grasp in today, you know, 41 years later, right? Very, Mm -hmm. very hard to even get my head around that because you can't even walk on the property now for $235. I mean, it's just, you know, but, but, uh, and so you think about over the scope of my life, like 40 years, where's your rent going to be? It's going to be 235 versus 1235 today. And, you know, a hundred percent of the time that largest line item is going up when you're a permanent renter. So you are always paying more 
and someone else is benefiting from the increases in value, not you. Mm -hmm. So short term, I'm all about renting. When you're broke, you should rent until you get yourself straightened out. Don't buy a house just because buying a house is a good thing because it's not a good thing when you're broke. Mm -hmm. But long term, home ownership stabilizes your largest line item in your budget, locks in your monthly cost to, to a fixed amount, and you have this large asset that is going up in value. That's right. These are two wonderful personal financial benefits to home ownership. So plan on, in the next 12 to 18 months, finding you a little condo to buy. Doesn't have to be anything fancy. Right. We're not asking you to go crazy, and you don't have to mow grass. I don't care. You know, If I'm you, I'm not mowing grass. I'd get a condo. You know, this... I it doesn't matter if you have kids. It doesn't ha- matter no. if you have a wife. No, that 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 all applies. Period. Future future financial planning is important for everybody. And, it's really the moral of the story. Yeah, and and if you buy a condo in five years from now, you your whole life changes, and you sell mm-hmm. it, you're going to make money on yeah. it. Yeah, you know. So just pick a good one in a good neighborhood, something solid, conservative, and not straining you, mm-hmm. and stabilize that line item in your budget. This is the Ramsey Show. Our scripture of the day is Proverbs 4.11. I have instructed you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in upright paths. Roy Disney said, it is not hard to make decisions when you know what your values are. You know, we've, that's Walt's brother. We've said that around here in Entree Leadership for years. If You know, once you know what your value system is, you know what your core values are, a lot of your decisions are already made for you in business. That's right. The problem is that you have to do them then. And there's <laughs> always conflict and people that don't understand yeah. and they don't like it. And there's discomfort and awkwardness and all of that. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't change the value yeah. and it doesn't change the decision. It's just, oh, crap. Now I've got to shovel the stable. Yeah. Look, you know, there's just a bunch of manure in here. Yeah. yeah it's, I just got to do it now. It's just. Ugh. It's the same thing when you commit to a plan, though. Yeah. All your decisions are made for you. If you if you just decide to follow Christ, you follow the Bible, all the decisions are in there. You just got to follow it. Same thing when you commit to a plan like what we teach on here. The decisions are made. It's just hard to do the stuff. Yeah, exactly. Joe is with us in Huntsville. Hey, Joe, what's up? Joe, um, how's it going, Dave? Better than I deserve, sir. How can I help? Uh, same with me. Hey, we're in, uh, me and my I'm, I'm 23 years old. I'm in an extremely unique position, and we're grateful. Uh, I would just like to have some advice for, hey, what's next? I feel like we're doing everything right, but, you know, just when you think you are, you um, you know, the good old faith puts you back in check. So, um, I, like I said, I'm 23. I am married. I got married at a young age, uh, and we are doing really good for ourselves. Uh, we, have, we have no debt whatsoever. We both graduated college with no debt. We have new cars. Uh, we bought a house right before COVID, um, and that has doubled in price, and we got such a good interest rate on it, we uh, turned it into a rental property, so I'm getting 100% profit for that for the rental house. We're on our second house right now. Um, I'm investing into a Roth IRA. Uh, I have emergency funds set up. I mean, and I have 20000 sitting in a bank, and it's continuing to grow because we have a good job. So what's next? You know, what, what is my next goal? What's my next set? Uh, I guess wealth building. Yeah. Well, Joe, you are doing good. I'm proud of you. Well done. What's Thank your you. What's your household income, sir? Uh, 
together, my wife and I make um, about a hundred a year. Okay. And keep in mind, you know, we're we're only twenty three, and she's a teacher, mm-hmm. and she second year teaching, and uh, I own my my own company mm-hmm. that's extremely successful and doing very well. So mm-hmm. we, um, this is just the beginning levels, and we can we're going to make a whole lot more. Good, um, good, okay. Um, what what I want to encourage you is the uh, you, you are doing very well. Uh, there's so much energy and so many positive. Um, adjectives in your description of your situation that uh it makes me a little bit fearful that you're going to try to move too fast Mm -hmm. if you stumble it's not going to be because of what you've done so far it's going to be because you get uh a little cocky and uh you know uh, jim collins wrote a book about companies failing and he said one of the reasons they fail is hubris which is I got arrogant, and I'm not saying you're arrogant, Joe, at all, okay? But you are fired up, and you are on top of the world, and you got the tiger by the tail, and you're smiling. Yeah, we're money-hungry. Yeah, it's it's fun. And so what I'm going to encourage you as the old guy to do is slow down a beat, not stop being ambitious, not stop striving for success, Mm -hmm. but just slow down a beat. When I was your age, I started buying and selling real estate. I had nothing. I went to the bank and borrowed the money to do my first flip, and um, I began flipping real estate. To date, I'm now 62, uh, getting ready to be 63. I've owned over 2,000 pieces of real estate. So I love real estate. I love this. But what happened to me was I got rich quick. By the time I was 26, I had a million-dollar net worth. I owned $4 million worth of real estate. But I had borrowed up to my eyeballs. I had $3 million worth of debt. The bank got sold to another bank. They called our notes. We spent the next two and a half years of our life losing everything we owned. And with a brand new baby and a toddler, we were bankrupt and got to start over when I was 28. Mm. I don't want that for you. You're not as crazy as I was. You haven't moved as fast as I moved, but you, but, but I, I'm just trying to give you the warning to say, okay, let's slow down a little bit. You're going to be a multimillionaire, Joe. When you're 40, your net worth is going to be well over $5 million, okay? Wow. I can yeah, promise okay. you that. But I promise you it won't be if you keep borrowing money and buying real estate. You're going to get yourself in trouble. Slow down a notch. Next goal so, is so, pay off your house. Mm-hmm. The next goal is pay off your rental. And the next goal is pay cash for the next investment property. And you're going to be debt-free and pay cash for things every day from that point forward. That's what Jade and I would tell you to do. Okay. But right now, it feels, like, right now it feels like it's impossible for you to mess this up. It is not impossible <laughs> right. for you to mess That's this right. up. You can mess this up. I did it with zeros on the end. Can I ask you a question, Joe? What was your next yes, move? Ma'am. I'm just curious. What was your next move going to be? Well, I have... Um, because my father, uh, he has a lot of really well connections, and um, one of his good friends has hundreds of kind of a, um, rental places down in the college town, mm-hmm. Auburn University. So I'm taking a, getting a lot of my advice from a lot of wealthy people that I currently know, and he that this is what got my ambition to do. But uh, my next goal was to um, kind of every year for the next five years. Buy, build a new house from scratch um, because, you know, it's, you get all the warranties and all the proceeds from building new. I mean, and they're just, they're, they're just as cheap 
building them new than if you buy them, you know, fixer upper. So my ambition was to buy a new house every year, move into it for my primary uh, residence, and then, you know, get a conventional loan with a, with a low interest rate until they get lower um, again, but kind of buy, build a new one each year. And that when I move out of it, then I'll start renting that one. And my plan was to do that for the next five or 10 years. So every year, just build a new one, move into it for a year, and then start the process over and then keep renting. So with what Dave said, that's the opposite of that. Or if you did it, you'd be paying cash. Yeah, you'd have to slow down a little bit and pay cash for the, get your house paid off, get the other one paid off, and then pay cash for the next move. Mm -hmm. And if you start doing that every time you do it, you pay cash for it, I'm in. Yeah, you're Uh, going like that. But that's going to take, you know, you're going to, you're going to slow down. You're going to do every other year at the most to pull that yeah, off. I thought about getting the incomes from, so if I have five rentals, I'll get those five extra incomes and, and pay off the lowest one first. And then once that a hundred percent profit, then I start doing the next one yeah. and then the next one. Except, and when I did except the numbers, that, that, like, that is spoken like a naive landlord. Okay. Mm-hmm. So again, I own several hundred million dollars worth of real estate, more than your dad's friend. All things have to go perfect okay. for that to be and, the case. Yeah, And 100% of the time renters don't pay. Okay, you just can count on it. Right? It's part. I mean, most of them pay. Most of them are good people. You do a good job screening. They don't tear up stuff. They pay the bills. Everything's okay. But um, this idea that you're making a hundred percent profit is just false. Yeah. Because after you pay, after you have vacancy, after you have credit loss, after you have an eviction, after you have someone going to Chapter Thirteen, and it takes. 14 months to get them evicted because you have to get the federal court permission to do it you're going to start understanding then that renters really aren't you know this this thing where you've got all this dialed in it has to go perfect and it never goes perfect for your plan to work so i don't think i won here i think you're going to do whatever you're going to do yeah Uh, i think but um but i think you're an impressive young guy Mm -hmm. and i wish i could get you to slow down a little bit because i think you'd have a higher probability of ending up very wealthy yeah. Uh, than, than you would following your dad's friend's process of going deeply into debt. If you want to do that, you probably need to follow my friend Robert Kiyosaki. He believes in borrowing all you can borrow. And um, and he's made a lot of money doing it. Uh, he, he and I are friends. We like each other, but we completely think the other one's nuts. I mean, this so, guy is sprinting. Yeah. And when you're sprinting, it's a lot easier to trip and fall as opposed to just a nice light jog. Yeah. Just, I'm, just I'm, jog it I'm out. in for a light <laughs> jog. You know? Yeah, that's that's what. Yeah, it's different than the old sprint. Yeah, that puts us out of the Ramsey show in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. What's up, guys? It's Jade. Look, if you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey Baby Steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. That's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.